Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Should all things continue as they were? You may be seated. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. The Apostle Peter is indicting those that spoke these words. He's bringing something that has been a phrase that's used over and over again. And it must have been a popular phrase that was being quoted and proliferating among the church because these were scoffers and he wants to identify them as who they are. He said these are scoffers that are making light of prophecy. They're making light of promises that God has given to the church and they are tampering with this blessed hope of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, these people who walk in their own lust or after their own desires, you could say, they use these carefully crafted words to try to deceive and try to destroy the very hope of the church. And they ask really a ridiculous question. Where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise of the coming of the Lord, to be more specific? And it is sad that the apostle who is writing this epistle, the apostle Peter, is writing this addressing not those that are without, not those that you would expect to doubt the coming of the Lord, but he's addressing an issue that is within. And he's saying these are those that scoff within the church, within and among the people of God. And they say, they say, where is the promise of his coming? But since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. And even today when you read theologians, they make light of the fact that the apostles of that day and hour actually believed that the Lord was coming in their lifetime. And you can tell it by the words that they spoke and the things that are recorded in the New Testament and how they wrote to the churches that they established. They believed, every one of them without fail, believed in the imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what drove them. That is what propelled them. That is what caused them to make the choices and the decisions of life that they would make. Every day they woke up with that on their consciousness, that the Lord could come today. This could happen at any moment. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we believe that it could happen in our lifetime. And we understand that this is what the Apostle Peter is calling out, if you will. This is what he is facing off with. 
This is what he is abruptly standing against, is that spirit and that attitude that would try to destroy that sense of urgency. Because this was something that they live for, and because they live for it, it influenced their life in every way. And uh, what he is actually trying to tell us is uh, the overall point is not being realized by these scoffers. And that is whether or not he comes in my lifetime or your lifetime. That is not the point. But we are to live our lives prepared for his coming. We are to live our lives ready for his coming. We are to be looking, the Bible says. The Bible says that he's coming back for those that are looking for his appearing. Amen. So the only way that we can be looking for his prepare, for his appearing and be prepared for his appearing is for us to be conscious of the fact that he could come at any moment or at any time. We need to live our lives with the understanding that he could come before this service is over. He could come, amen, in the middle of the night as the scripture says that perhaps he will. It says that he will come as a thief in the in the night. And there's going to be those that will not expect it. There's going to be those, many of them, that will not be prepared for it. But as for us, the church, that's why we've gathered here. That's why we've assembled here. That's why we're in this place tonight. Is because we're prepared and we want to be ready for the rapture of the church. Come on, I thought I'd get a lot more response than that. I hope to God that you want to be ready for the rapture of the church. I hope to God that you're looking for the rapture of the church. You're preparing for the rapture of the church. And the thought of his coming, it should drive us. It should push us. It should propel us. Amen. The thought of his coming should impact every decision that we make. It should be the thing that drives every choice that we make. In other words, if you're going to win a soul, you better win a soul soon. Amen. If you're going to work for God, you better get busy working for God. If you're going to be a worshiper, you better start being a worshiper. If you're going to be a prayer warrior, you ought to start being a prayer warrior. If you're ever going to be faithful to God, you need to dedicate yourself to being faithful to God. If you're ever going to do a work for the Lord as far as uh, preaching his gospel, amen, being led of him and directed of him to do a great thing in this end time, you've got to be busy about doing the Lord's work now. And you've got to live with that kind of attitude. Amen. Because these words that these scoffers use are very dangerous words. Where is the promise of his coming? And I guess the overarching meaning of this goes deeper than just what we see here on the surface because this seems to really, because it is church people that are saying this, because it's church people that have turned into scoffers, it would almost seem that it is an excuse for laziness. It's an excuse for inactivity. It's an excuse for being casual about your relationship with God. Oh, since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. 
They've been preaching. This is another way of saying that same statement. They've been preaching about that for years. They've been talking about revival for years. Amen. They've been talking about an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the end time for years. They've been talking about a last day revival for years. But all things continue as they were from the beginning. It it hasn't changed. It isn't any different than it's ever been. You better watch that kind of talk. You better watch that kind of attitude. You better not let that creep into your spirit. Amen. That, that attitude will become so pervasive that it will create a culture in a church. That every service we just come and go through the motions and we just mark time. And this is just what we do on Sunday and Wednesdays. And we come to prayer meeting on Tuesday night. And that's just our schedule and routine of life. Instead of coming with bated breath to every service. Instead of coming to every Sunday with expectation and an anticipation of what God can do. And what miracle could happen. And what soul could be saved. And somebody else is going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and somebody else is going to be baptized in Jesus name and somebody else is going to be healed amen I'm going to tell you every time we come to the house of God there needs to be an urgency there needs to be a realization that there's a soul that stands between heaven and hell there's somebody that needs to find God there's somebody that needs an answer in this place there's somebody that needs their life abruptly changed there's somebody that they may walk out and if they don't find their answer then they give up hope and they may be dismissive about it all but I'm so thankful that what we've got can offer them hope I'm so thankful about what we're preaching amen that it can it can deliver it can change it can set free hallelujah come on clap your hands and let's give praise to the Lord we cannot afford to get the attitude that what will be will be Nothing is going to change. And so he not only calls them out, he not only, he not only challenges them, but he corrects them. In verse nine, and we know this scripture well, the Lord is not slack. He said, I want you to tell those people, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Amen. It doesn't matter what the promise is. God is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. It doesn't matter what, what the need is. If he promised you, it doesn't matter how challenging it may seem to you in your life. If he promised it to you, he is faithful to follow through with his promise. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward. Really what he's explaining is this, is you want to know why the Lord lingers his coming is because he's a merciful God. And because he's a long-suffering God. And he's not willing that any should perish. So it stems in mercy time and gives more opportunity. He wants somebody to have one more chance and one more opportunity to find God. He wants a backslider to come back home. He wants somebody else to hear of what God is doing in the lives of people. He wants somebody else in the city of Texarkana to have the opportunity to get this glorious 
this experience of the Holy Ghost. God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But I want to tell you the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then, he said, this is what we need to do because I believe in the imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ because I believe that it can happen at any moment. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved and what manner of persons ye ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the Lord. In other words, you need to have an attitude that when I come to church, I want to get the most out of it. When I come to worship God, I want to do my best at it. When I go to the prayer meeting, I want to pray fervently. In other words, I want to pray like it's my last time. I want to have church like it's my last time. I want to worship like it's my last time. I want to sing like it's my... I want to ask you tonight, if this is the last opportunity that you would have ever on this side, of eternity to worship God. What would you be doing tonight? How would you be responding tonight? How would you be worshiping God in this house this evening? Come on, is this the best that you would give him? Is this all and this is everything that you would give to him? But if there's somebody that believes what I'm preaching, that Jesus could come at any moment, there ought to be somebody that says, I'm going to worship him like I've never worshipped him before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We're living in a day and an hour that we don't, I'm closer to finishing than you think. We're living in a day and an hour. We don't need the average. We don't need the status quo. We don't need just to keep what we've got and hold on and hold out until the end. You know, we've sung that song so much. I am determined to hold out to the end. You know, I've, I've come to believe that's the attitude of some people. Hold out more ways than one. I am determined to hold out to the end. Jesus is with me. On him I can depend. I know I have salvation, for I feel it in my soul. I am determined to hold out to the end. I'm going to tell you, it's more than just holding out. It's more than just surviving. It's more than just getting by. It's more than just going through the most. It's more than just coming and leaving for church. But something's got to happen. Something's got to change. Amen. Should things continue as they were? No, I'm telling you, when we come to the house of God, we need to come and expect God is going to do a great work. God is going to move in a great way. God is going to change somebody's life. God is going to do something beyond what we even imagine because we're serving an abundant amen and great God that is able to do it seating above all that we ask or think come on clap your hands and give some praise to the Lord 
In the Gospel of Mark, chapter number two, is one of my favorite phrases. Comes at the end of this story. We know how that Jesus was in a house at Capernaum. And the Bible says that news somehow got to four gentlemen that had a friend that was sick of the palsy. And he could not walk. He could not get to Jesus on his own without their assistance. And so these men brought him to the house where Jesus was, but it was packed and they could not enter. And so they were again determined and believed that another opportunity may not avail itself. The situation was desperate enough that they understood that this man may not have a next time. Come on. I wonder if we came to church and realized that when sinners come through these doors, they may not have a next time. This may be the only chance they get. This may be the only service and opportunity that they have. They may not have another service to come around. And we cannot afford to have the luxury of just putting it off and saying, well, you know, we kind of had an off service or an off day and I just didn't feel up to my usual self and I, I just want, no, 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 no. We need to have church and we need to have a move of God and push beyond all of that and say, God, I know that you want to move. I know that you want to work among us. And so they got on the roof and got to scratching around and, and tearing the tiles off. And they got a hole big enough to let this man's cot down to where Jesus was. And Jesus looked at him and said what they didn't even expect him to say. They said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And they were astonished. And the Bible tells us at the end of the story, when this man walked out whole, that they wagged their heads, people leaving that church service, and they made this statement, we have never saw it on this fashion. I love that. We have never saw it on this fashion. In other words, what they were really saying is this. If I could just put it in in our everyday language, they were saying, we've never seen church or had church quite like that. We've never seen those kinds of things happen in our church. I will tell you, we need to have more service when we walk away and say, you know, I've been in a lot of church. I've been in the church all of my life. I've been around the church and we've had a lot of good church, but we've never had church quite like that. I'm going to tell you the best days of church are not over, but they're ahead of us. The greatest days of revival are not behind us, but they're before us. And somebody needs to adopt the attitude. God, if you're going to move, if you're going to fulfill your promise, if you're going to give revival, I want it to be us. I want us to have church like we've never had church. I want people to walk out of this place and say, I never saw it on that fashion before. Would you stand with me right now? And let's lift up the name of Jesus together. Never saw it like that. It's never happened just like that. You know, if we're going to see church like we've never seen it before, we're going to have to do more than we've ever done before. We can't continue to stay in the same rut, do the same things. Somebody's got to be willing to step out with a sense of urgency and say, God, since I need you to do something that you've never done for me before, I'm going to respond to you in faith in a way that I've never responded before. Amen. Since I need a miracle, since I have a need, and since I have been challenged and, and things are as they are in my life, I realize that 
Normality is not going to get the job done. I realize status quo and average isn't where it's at. But I'm going to have to break through with a sense of urgency to see a move of God, to see a working of the Holy Ghost, to see the breakthrough that we need to see. I wonder if there's anybody that follows me here tonight. You understand what I'm trying to say. I want to see the move of God in that fashion, in a way that I've never seen it. Praise God. I want you to reach over to somebody standing right there next to you if it's appropriate. I want you to bind together with them right now. We're going to pray that God would begin to move in this assembly and work from this day forward in ways that will blow our minds. Amen. I want you to be willing to flow with it. I want you to be willing to step out in faith with it. I don't want you to resist it. Just because you've never felt it or experienced it or seen it like that before, I want you to respond to it and embrace it and say, God, if this is you, I want to do just like Simon Peter did when he was in the storm. And he said, God, I've never seen you walking to me on water. But if that's you, bid me to come unto you. Amen. I want to be where you're at. I want to be in what you're doing. I want to see the miracle that you're seeing for us. Amen. God, whatever the potential is, I want to realize that. I just don't want things to continue. Amen. I believe there's people in this room that know that I cannot afford. My family cannot afford. Our city cannot afford. Our nation cannot afford for the church just to continue as it's always been. I know there's people that realize we got to have a greater anointing. We got to have a greater power. We got to see miracles. We got to see the supernatural. Amen. We got to see the move of God like we've never seen it before. The hunger of your heart, would you indulge me one more time? And would you come down to this altar and lift up your hands and say, God, I'm yielded to you. I'm surrendered in every way because that's what I want to see. That's what I want to experience. That's what I want to have in this church. That's what I want for Landmark. I want to see a revival where people leave and they say, you know what? I, I've been a lot of places, but I've never seen it on that wise. I've never seen it just like that. Amen. That, that is God and God's work. Amen. That is the moving of God's Spirit. That is the work of the Holy Ghost. Come on, would you reach out to Him right now? Come on. Lift up your voice to Him right now all across this congregation. Send God, use me. Let me be a part of it. Let me be a part of what you're doing.